It's time for the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program is a live variety show with music, comedy and special guest interviews every Monday through Friday. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our theme music is Fruit of the Louvre, provided by Flick composer-producer Howard Eddy. Stay tuned, because it's on now. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. The Tom Sumner Program. Hi, I'm U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow, and I'm listening to the Tom Sumner Show. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm Tom Sumner, and it's Friday, which means coming up in the third hour of our three-hour tour, or the third half, as I like to call it. Um, we're going to focus on uh, the world of entertainment, and uh, we do that every uh, every Friday at 11. Um, today's going to be a little different. We're going to hear from a record executive who's reinventing how music is experienced through his uh, participation in the creation of an art park in Los Angeles called Wisdom LA. It's literally made up of five geodesic domes and um, used for pre- presenting virtual and 3D uh, entertainment and arts experiences. He's uh, a Grammy-winning record producer, Stephen Powers, and he'll join me by phone. We'll talk about that. In the second hour of our three-hour tour today, in the middle, if you will, it's going to sound a little bit like a Wednesday show because we'll have our uh, political pundits from Armchair Politics, our roundtable regulars, if you will, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joining me to pay tribute to... Uh, uh, Woodrow Stanley, who was a frequent uh, uh, contributor to armchair politics and, and occupied the, the third chair um, quite frequently, and um, he passed away this this past Wednesday. And uh, we're going to pay tribute to um, Woodrow Stanley, who served as Flint's mayor. He uh, went on to... Um, serve as uh, a county commissioner and chaired that group for a year before running for the state house of representatives where he served out two terms there and uh, he was a good friend so we're going to remember wood coming up uh, in just oh about an hour or so i hope you'll join us for that but first we're going to talk about fitness with a fitness blogger who um essentially has uh, turned the essence of her fitness blog into a book called Squats and Margaritas. And uh, it's by Erin Washington. She joins me by phone. Hi, Erin. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Tom. Thank you for having me. Um, You know, it's funny talking about uh, margaritas this early in the morning, but... um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's never too early. Well, and and uh, point taken. <laughs> but let me let me ask a little bit about this because fitness has has been an interesting p- 
part of your life, um, starting out in in high school and college, when you were pretty fanatical about playing soccer and and yep. <laughs> wanting a career in playing soccer, and and then somewhere along the line you got um, you figured out you had an eating disorder and and I wonder how that played into things and and then I read somewhere that you were dating an athlete a professional athlete and that put pressure on you to be more fit um, whether it was actually put on you or something you imagined but it all led to where you're at now with um, finding balance between yes. <laughs> between fitness and early morning margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say early morning. Well, Sunday. <laughs> um, what a beautiful synopsis. Yes, uh, for 20 years, I struggled with body image, uh, no self-worth. Um, I threw everything into my soccer career. I played since I was four, and I wish I had the answer to this, but for some reason, that was my value, like my soccer identity. And that's all that I cared about. I trained relentlessly for my soccer career. And I ended up, um, I mean, I was captain in high school. We won two state champions uh, championships. And then I got a Division One soccer scholarship and, you know, worked all summer thinking, you know, I was just going to continue. I'm going to play. And, Tom, I didn't play. And I didn't know what to do with that. And uh, the middle of my sophomore season, kind of on a whim, I decided to quit because I said it wasn't fair. And when I lost that soccer identity that was my value, um, I fell into depression. Uh, there were multiple eating disorders going on. Uh, the one that I struggled the most with was bulimia. And I couldn't get a grasp on it. Um, I struggled for 10 years. And even when I came out of the eating disorder mess, I was still living with restriction and deprivation. And I finally kind of got things together at 37 after having two kids, and I wrote Squats and Margaritas for the woman that feels like maybe it's too late, um, they're too old, you can change your life at any point. Um, tell me about the, the eating disorders and how that manifested itself. Did any of that grow out of the way you obsessed about soccer growing up? Did it affect the way you um, looked at food? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I soccer to me, as I said, was everything and thin equated to like good for soccer fit. So I was always striving, you know, to be thinner, um, I could be faster. I'm also a firstborn uh, perfectionist. Um, I just have an obsessive personality. When I go in on something, it's like all in. And it can be good, you can be driven and, uh, you know, oh, she's such a perfectionist, but it can also be taken to a level that's dangerous. And me and my pursuit of being fit for soccer, I got super skinny. And it's a mental illness, Tom. I think people are like, you know, you're skinny, just eat. It's such a, you don't see in the mirror how skinny you are. Um, most of us, most people yeah. think of a food disorder as, um, you know, some, related to some kind of emotional um issues stress depression yeah. and so on and that it manifests itself in overeating 
And a lot of people are probably wrestling with that a little bit as we come out of this pandemic because of all the time. I, I know I've put on some COVID pounds, <laughs> you know, sitting with yeah. my, my my favorite snack food, uh, binge watching Netflix and Hulu and stuff. Um, yes. And I think a lot right. of people have gone through that, but they think of it in terms of um, diabetes and obesity and, and some of these other things. And and what you're talking about was was going the other way. Mm-hmm. It was taking it too far, like my pursuit of this physical ideal. And again, it was just, it equated, everything was about soccer. And if I was thin and fast, you know, that meant better for soccer. But I struggled with that in high school. And then I actually went the opposite way. Um, after I lost my identity, uh, in, in college, I started uh, binging and purging. And bulimia is such a secretive, shameful act. Like, I hid it from the six women that I lived with in college and because you don't want anybody to know what you're doing. So then you're isolating yourself. You're just, I mean, I fell into depression. It became something that I could control when I felt like everything else was out of control. Like, I didn't have soccer, but this, like, binging and purging, I could control. And it's something that, like, it takes over your whole life. Like, all I would think about was the next time I could binge and purge, and I knew that I needed help. And the only reason that I didn't seek treatment was the shame of it. Um, I felt like I had this reputation to uphold. I was prom queen and homecoming queen, and I didn't want to let anybody down. I was the oldest of four girls. I didn't want people to know what I was struggling with. So just the sheer fact of, like, the shame of it, I didn't get treatment because then people would know. When you were obsessing about soccer and and um, being fit before mm-hmm. you know before college before the the letdown, um, and 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 I was thinking of this <laughs> comedian uh, who, who said they were on a diet. They were trying to get back to their original weight, eight pounds three ounces. But, <laughs> right. But was there? goal a model for you when you thought in terms of being fit for the purposes of playing soccer were there players that you wanted to be like or emulate um, in terms of your physical features and fitness that is such a great question because as you were saying that I was picturing like Mia Hamm and all the women's (laughs) soccer players I look up to and they weren't skinny like they were muscular so I don't know I think it's just like diet culture. Like I grew up, my mom was always on a diet. All the magazines was like drop 10 pounds. Like I felt like skinny was ideal, like what people strive to be. And it breaks my heart because I have a six-year-old daughter and, you know, there wasn't social media back then. Like she's going to be inundated with all of these images and Photoshop things on Instagram of like what she's supposed to look like. And it's so hard, especially for like a, a young girl, like, trying to find themselves and none of it's even real it's like everything's like filtered and they're going to be these girls are trying to contort their bodies to look a certain way and that way isn't even reality and it makes me sad (laughs) you know i was thinking of all the uh you know pre-social media the tabloids and all the diets you know when you would go through the checkout line and there'd be these headlines and and I wrote for myself what I thought would be the perfect 
uh, check out Lane uh, uh, tabloid headline. Yeah. And, and it's uh, UFO alien cured me of AIDS with miracle new celebrity diet. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it, would sell, it would sell out all the copies. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. But th- but that but that was that was the thing, miracle diets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The quick fix. Yeah, exactly. It was like, you know, if I skip bacon, you know, one Sunday morning, I'm good. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. They, well, eventually, like diets. It's not that diets don't work. It's that diets aren't sustainable. If you are not committed to live without bacon or live in ketosis, like this new keto diet, for the rest of your life, then it's not sustainable. As soon as you stop, the weight will come back on. So what I found after literally 20 years of struggling, from 16 to 36, I was restricting, I was on every diet, I was over-exercising, I finally found balance. And living a balanced lifestyle has changed everything for me. I call it squats and margaritas. You know, I work out three, four times a week, um, more of an emphasis on weight training, whereas before it was all cardio. And I honor my hunger cues. It's mindful eating, eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're satisfied. And it's as simple as that. I have been able to maintain my weight through two pregnancies. um, And I'm not working as hard almost like I'm not obsessing about calories I'm not over exercising balanced lifestyle it changed everything for me and that was the reason that I wanted to write the book to the person that was me 10 years ago 20 years ago doing cardio seven days a week barely eating only eating salads and like frustrated that you know they're not losing weight or they're not in their ideal body when you live like that you are living in a state of stress your body produces cortisol which makes you hold on to fat And your body almost doesn't trust you. Like when I was in the mess mess of it, like it was like, is she going to eat again? She's exercising again. I need to hold on to all these calories because it's, it's essentially trying to keep you alive. Once your body trusts that you're going to eat, you're not going to over exercise. You kind of just find your almost like your ideal, your set weight that your body is supposed to be at. And mine has stayed there and I enjoy my life now. I live with balance. I have daily indulgences. Happens to be a margarita for me. What is it for you, Tom? Like, what's your thing that you need to have every day? Ice cream. Okay. So, my <laughs> if you ever said I, I mean to the point of to the point of making banana splits at home. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and you know what? There's nothing wrong with it because if you said banana splits are off limits, you're going to be sad, and at some point you're going to be like, "No, I'm not doing this anymore," and you're going to have the biggest banana split. And you're going to overdo it. But if it's a part of your lifestyle, like something that you have every day, I always talk about red wine. Like I always have a glass of wine with dinner. So I'm not tempted on a Friday or Saturday night to drink a bottle of wine or to go, you know, binge drink at a bar because it's something that I have every day. It's not off limits. You just have to give yourself that daily indulgence, whatever it is for you, ice cream, red wine. And it's funny, like once your brain gets the thing, um, 
and it's satisfied, you don't even need that much of it. Aaron, and you feel, Aaron I, yeah. hate, I hate to interrupt, but I have to take a short break here. And I want to talk about this yeah, some yeah, more. Can, can you stick around for a yeah. few minutes? Great. My of guest course. is uh, Aaron Washington. We're going to let our broadcast partner squeeze in a few words, and we'll be right back. Hello out there, everybody. It's me, Tigger. T-I-double-G-R. That spells Tigger. And don't forget to remember to listen to Tom Sumner program on account of because he's so bouncy. <laughs> I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Our lives have been turned upside down by COVID-19. When a vaccine becomes available, it's critical that all of us get it. What we do as individuals will impact everyone's health, including those who can't get the vaccine. We won't get through this unless everyone takes part. Now is the time to get up to date on all recommended vaccines for both kids and adults. Experts say it's more important than ever for everyone to get their flu vaccine this year. And if you're older, you should get both the flu and pneumonia vaccines, since both illnesses can make COVID-19 even worse. Vaccines are available at a lot of convenient places, so be an example for friends and loved ones and encourage them to get vaccinated too. We all want to reunite, travel, and get back to school and work. But that means we all need to get on board. This is the time to do what's right for each other. Get vaccinated. It's our best shot. Hey, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. Catch me and a gaggle of great guests weekdays on Our Voices Radio, WFOVLP 92.1 FM. You never know who might drop by. Joe Vi from the Blue Hawaiian. Dan Serling. Congressman Dan Kildee. Alexander Zondrick. Actor, comedian Joe Napote. Woodrow Stanley. U.S. Senator Debbie Stabenow. State Senator Jim Annan. Comedian Brian McCree. The unknown comic. Mark Farner. And Tom, I want you to know Tom's my friend. You, you've always got great questions, and you know the material, and you, and you care about it, and it's uh, it's that's impressive. Nice to be with you, Tom. And I admire you for reading all of that. I haven't read the whole thing. I've got willing to admit that. <laughs> hey, Tom, this is my favorite interview all It's like having coffee at the kitchen table with you. Tune in Monday through Friday from 9 to 12 right here on 92.1 of a Kind. And check out our website at TomSumnerProgram.com. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County. Where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods. And in the diverse city beyond. Where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air. Where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums. Where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. 
Hi, I'm State Representative Sarah Anthony. Our community and communities across the country are seeing a rise in gun violence. Firearm injuries are one of the leading causes of death among children. Parents, it is your responsibility to know where your firearm is at all times. First, lock your gun away somewhere safe. Also, make sure that it is disassembled and unloaded. It's up to us to prevent gun violence in our community. This is Congressman Dan Kildee, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, my guest this hour is a fitness blogger and author of a new book by the same name as her blog, Squats and Margaritas. She is Erin Washington, joining me by phone. Um, hi, Erin. Welcome back, and thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. No problem. Um, just before the break, I, I had admitted, and this is a recent trend for me of, of getting into a kick of... Uh, eating banana splits every day <laughs> but <laughs> um but I, I i had brought up you mentioned something about deprivation talking about diets and doing without and you know how if you allow yourself you know to have some of the things that you like but you try to find some balance with regard to diet and exercise and and i, I wanted to ask you because you have always been obsessed about being trim and fit and strong. And I wonder if it was easier for you to find balance than it would be for someone who was, you know, very much overweight trying to lose weight. Is it easier to stay trim and, and get balanced than it is to take pounds off? That is such an amazing question. <laughs> I've always looked at it from my side of the struggle. Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, if somebody is severely overweight, a diet can make you lose weight, like I said. But I think in, maybe initially to take weight off, but I think balance would help anybody on either side of the spectrum. Like once you get to a point where you're happy with your weight, because for me, when I wasn't happy in my body, I was just, frustrated and that spilled over into all my relationships like I was short with my husband I I feel like I wasn't a, as good of a friend because I was always in my head once you get to that weight that you're you've been striving for th at that point that's when balance comes in and you're talking about that deprivation like if somebody was overweight and they cut out the thing the banana split when you start living with balance and you just know that it's off it's not off limits and you get something like you get a little, couple bites of a banana split, it's almost like your brain is satisfied. You don't need the whole thing. Like I'll start eating a cookie in the morning with my coffee and I just take a second to check in. I don't even want the whole thing anymore. But if you told me I couldn't have it, then I'd be, that would be annoying and I'd be frustrated. And at some point I would binge on all the cookies. <laughs> so I think it's just satisfying your brain knowing that it's not off limits. You can have whatever you want. Don't have a cookie after every meal. It's like, if, you know, they say the 80-20 rule. Like most of the time I eat pretty healthy. I feel good when I eat healthy, but nothing is off limits. And then that satisfies my brain. You know, I'm not on a diet. I can have a cookie. I can have a glass of wine if I want. And I've been able to maintain about a 20-pound weight loss through two pregnancies. And like I said, not stressing as much. And as hard as I was working for my physical ideal 10 years ago, it's incredible that how I live now and I enjoy my life and I weigh less. 
Was there a, a moment, uh, a, a eureka moment, where, you know, you looked at yourself and, and thought to myself, why am I making myself crazy? I look fine. I didn't see it. I mean, when you said that, I pictured this one time. I was living in D.C., and there was an actual snowstorm. Like, no one was out on the streets. And I'm walking to a convenience store to get all of the things that I could binge and purge on. And I had this moment of, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're out here. You're the only person out here. Like, I, honestly, like a drug addict, like, going to get a fix. Like, I had to do it. And I had this moment, like, you need to get help. Um, and I still didn't because of the shame. But I didn't see, I don't know. It's like I looked, I think back to, like, high school. I, my friends saw something. I was voted homecoming queen and prom queen, but I didn't see it. And it's a mental illness. It's In the mirror, I didn't see what everybody else saw. And I think, like, I said this earlier, like, I just wanted to uphold what everybody else saw. You know, the, the soccer captain, the, the prom queen. I couldn't let anybody know how much I was struggling, so I just kind of kept it all in. It's, it's so isolating. And I wanted to thank you just for, like, shedding light to this because um, next week is actually National Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And I think just conversations like this, hopefully somebody listening that is struggling and feels isolated with this can hear my story or just know that so many women write to me and say, me too, but they're just not saying it out loud. Like, you're not alone. And the more that we bring light to this topic and show that you can come out of it, you know, it's not too late. Um, hopefully we'll inspire someone who's still in it right now. But again, was there was there ever a moment when you realized that, you know, I can accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish through through balance and and I'm fine. I don't I don't have to jump through all these hoops. Not until 20 years into the struggle. I realized it at 37. And from 16, I thought what women are taught, you need to over-exercise, you have to work out every day, do your cardio, uh, cut your calories. You know, you're always told calories in versus calories out. I thought that was the way. Over-exercise and restrict your calories. Because that's what I, women are taught. Women are taught, you know, to lift. Like lifting, Tom, changed my body. And I always thought, like, the men are in the weight room and the women are supposed to do their cardio. Lifting changed everything for me. It's like you can't listen to the message that women have been given. Like, I feel like in the 80s, it was like step aerobics. Like, I grew up with my mom doing all these things, and I thought <laughs> that was the way. If I wanted to lose weight, I'm not going to lift. I'm going to do step aerobics. I'm going to go on an elliptical trainer. And I wrote this book. Like, it's funny because... Um, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a trainer, but I have done the research, Tom. Like I have been on every diet. I have been a uh, division one collegiate athlete. Like I, I've gone through all these programs and this is what works and balance is sustainable. Work out three, four times a week, not seven. Uh, don't be on vacation trying to find a hotel gym and setting an alarm so you can get up and get your run in. Like let your body rest, move your body a few times a week, eat when you're hungry, Stop when you're satisfied, um, just being mindful, and just watch what happens. Like, it changed everything for me, and I had to share this message. The, um, is, is, is there anything like before and, act and after photos for you? Yes. <laughs> um, on my Instagram, and again, next week is National Eating Disorder Awareness Week, so I'm going to share a lot of before and afters, um, and the the crazy part about the before and after, um, I look super heavy in um, 
these photos, the before photos. And I think a lot of people assume, like you're bulimic, uh, bulimia, you have to be super skinny because you're throwing up your food. Right. But it's actually the opposite, or at least it was for me. You throw off all of your hormones. So I was very puffy and bloated, and nobody was thinking that I had an eating disorder because I looked heavier. So my before photos of, like, in the eating disorder, I wasn't super skinny. Now, in high school, yes, I was, I mean, like, bone thin. You could see my collarbone in my, in my arms. My arms were super thin. Now, that anorexia, I was super skinny. But bulimia, I struggled with the longest, and I didn't look like I had an eating disorder. I looked like I had gained weight. And, I, yeah, I share before and after photos. And, again, all of the stress trying to achieve this physical ideal when I was 20 pounds heavier and now like the best shape of my life. Now I'm 40 and I have two kids and now I don't, like I don't try as hard. I enjoy my life and I weigh less. And I think it's a lot about that stress component. Like I'm not living in a constant state of obsessing and calorie counting and, you know, just overstressing my body and I'm happy. And I kind of found a set point that I've been able to maintain. Do you, do you monitor those things anymore um, to make sure that you're that you're maintaining no and that's a great question like I started out like some people track their macros and uh, macros are macronutrients it's like what makes up uh, calories fat protein carbs and once you kind of figure out your macros like how much your body needs of each of those things to run optimally um, some people still track it but I kind of know I think I've just been doing it long enough that I know where I'm at and I don't track anything. I don't count calories. I eat when I'm hungry. I stop when I'm satisfied. And I'm so glad you asked that question because it used to be all about the scale for me to like track my progress. And I would literally every single day to see if I went up or down like ounces. And that would determine if I had a good or a bad day. I say now get off the scale, especially if you're following what I'm saying about lifting. Um, when you're lifting weights, you're putting on muscle. And muscle is the most metabolically active tissue in your body. So I started like getting smaller and my metabolism was going and all of muscle made me look more fit, but it's dense and it weighs the same as fat. So it's like they say uh, muscle weighs less than fat. They weigh the same, but they take up less space. So even though I may be wearing like a smaller size jeans, I still weigh the same. And if I was going by the scale, I would have been frustrated. Like, why am I not losing weight? And I am smaller, but it's, it's muscle, you know, is dense. So get off the scale. Don't use that as a metric. You can see how your clothes are fitting if you want to, you know, like tighten up a little bit and, you know, kind of watch your calories. But get off the scale. It made me crazy. Are there, are there foods that you completely avoid or is it all a matter of uh, moderation and balance? It's moderation and balance. Nothing is off limits. Or I would be angry. <laughs> I would be frustrated. And before, if something was off limits, like cake, I wouldn't eat cake. Like, oh my gosh, absolutely not. Then I'd go to a wedding and have like a bite of cake. And before, I would just be like, ah, I blew it. I had some cake. I might as well eat the whole cake and I'll start over on Monday. The balance isn't a start over. It's just making kind of trade-offs in your day. If I had some cake, don't have cake at night. Um, you know, go for a walk. Just do little things that can kind of balance out your day. I don't even think about it anymore. Like, it's, it's become such a lifestyle that, you know, if I eat a little heavier, you know, I'll work out the next day. It, your body just kind of 
finds a way to kind of balance it out. But I don't think anything should be off limits because once it's off limits, it's almost like more tempting and enticing and you want it more. And then when you have it, you're going to overdo it. And I, I used to do this with alcohol. Like every, I would be like, I'm not drinking during the week. But then it's like Saturday night, you go out and you have seven drinks and then you're hungover and you, you do it over the top because it's like, I can't have it on Monday. It's, it's off limits. If it's not off limits and it's something that you have every day, just watch how like less enticing it is. I don't need to go out and binge drink like I have a glass of wine every day. Balance has changed everything for me. And and what about junk foods? Or did you just not acquire a taste for Cheetos and stuff? No, I have a taste for Cheetos. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> I have. I also have a six year old and a three year old, so there's a ton of junk food in my house. Um, it's just a moderation, like. I'll have a couple of my sons. I don't need the whole bag. But it's funny, like, the brain, obviously you want Cheetos. And it's, like, in your brain, if you get a couple Cheetos, you, you'd be surprised. Like, you're, that's all you need. Like, my brain is satisfied. I got some Cheetos. Um, and before I used to eat everything, like, I think back in high school, low-fat. Uh, everything was baked or, fa- like, fat-free, uh, sugar-free. It didn't even taste good, Tom. But, like, I would eat the whole bag because I'd justify it. Like, oh, sugar-free. But it wasn't even something that I enjoyed. So now I eat the regular Cheetos. Well, and, and like if it wasn't satisfying, how would you yes. want to stop? Exactly. So now I, I've got to find another um, example because I always use fish tacos, but it's the only thing that makes sense because it's my favorite thing. When I go to a restaurant, I get fish tacos exactly as they're prepared. And I eat one. And maybe, you know, I check in. If I'm still hungry, I'll eat the second one. Do I need the third one? No. 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it would be like fish tacos, but no sour cream and cheese on the side and guacamole on the side. I would eat all of them because I justified it didn't have all the stuff on it, but I didn't even enjoy it. So now I enjoy it. My brain is satisfied because I got fish tacos and I eat one or two and I'm satisfied. You know, I'm not feeling deprived. I got what I wanted. And it's just taking that second of being intuitive. Am I still hungry or am I satisfied? Not just finishing everything on the plate because it's there, which is what I used to do. And I hated, like, wasting anything. So I would, like, eat it all. But now, you know, I'll eat two and take the other one home, eat it, like, in an hour because I'm probably going to be hungry in an hour because I lift and my metabolism is moving faster. So it's just get what you want. Or My sister does it all the time. And I figured out that she has the best body. And we'll go out to dinner and she'll be like, lobster mac and cheese. And I'm like, how do you? But I watch her and she doesn't eat all of it. She'll have like maybe half. She'll feel satisfied. She got lobster mac and cheese. She didn't overdo it. It's a balance. And she just, she figured it out. And I just have to share that message with someone that is depriving themselves and not enjoying their life and probably weighs more because of the stress component. Try it this way, you know, lift uh, more than cardio couple times a week, eat when you're hungry, stop when you're satisfied, and nothing is off limits. Did this idea of balance come to you um, organically, or did margaritas have something to do with it? <laughs> um, I remember sitting at my kitchen table when I come, came up with squats and margaritas, and I was like running to the computer like, I hope somebody doesn't have this, and I bought the domain name. It was just like a moment of clarity that I was like, what I was just saying now, like I have margaritas or a glass of wine every day and I weigh less. And I was like, it's just squats and margaritas. Like you, you move your body. I still work out. Like I go pretty hard in the gym, but three or four times a week. 
And before you couldn't have paid me to not work out seven days a week. So I was just sitting there and I was like, it's squats and margaritas. Like it's having the thing. For me, it's margaritas. It's whatever your thing is. Um, having that daily indulgence, not after every meal, and satisfying your brain so that you don't feel deprived. You want to stay with this healthy eating plan. You're not frustrated because nothing is off limits. Um, and I think especially for women, the weight component, like lifting weights changed like the composition of my body. And I, you burn more calories at rest when you have more muscle on your body. And I think there's that whole stigma of like men lift and women are supposed to do their cardio. And that failed me. So lifting weights a few days a week, nothing is off limits. Well, and uh, some and people, some, and some people, um, men and women, are concerned that that women lifting will build up too much muscle, and and somehow that's yeah, not I, feminine. So I'm so glad you said that. So anyone that is picturing that bodybuilder woman that we're all picturing right now, that woman is eating very specifically and training eight hours a day, probably eating three times the caloric intake that you're doing. Your body is not going to bulk if you're lifting three or four times a week. That woman, like our bodies are not genetically predisposed. We don't have the hormones to do that. And if a woman has achieved that, she is, again, lifting eight hours a day. She is, her calorie intake is three times what yours is. If that is your concern, you, trust me, I had the same concern. And I would stick to like really low weights, Tom, because I was like, oh, I just want to tone. I don't want to uh, bulk up. And I had zero muscle tone when I was doing that. I gradually went up, and now I lift a lot heavier, and I finally have that muscle tone. Um, you're not going to bulk. You're going to tone. How did you get started doing the blog? Oh, that's so funny. Um, nobody's ever asked me that. I uh, wrote a post on my, I think it was like my first or second wedding anniversary. I just was seeing how on Facebook, like, people would write, like, I knew personal details about my friend's relationships and, like, their struggles, but then they would be like, oh, my happy Valentine's Day to the love of my life, and I can't live without you, and I was like, whatever. I wrote, and I was like, marriage is hard. It was the first time I'd ever written anything, and I was like, I love my husband, but I'm not going to, like, post this thing about roses and how every day is perfect and I can't live without you, and it's hard some days, some days it's easier, and I just wrote this, like, I guess it was like a blog. It was just at Facebook at that time. And I got so many comments and reactions like you should write. And it was me just kind of rebelling against this like fake, you know, putting something out there that wasn't authentic. And it inspired me to keep writing. So then I started writing about becoming a mom and just like mom life. And it started out as just like a mom blog. And then because I hadn't even found my best body yet. And it kind of as I got more comfortable writing, um, I decided to write my book. And then recently, I was given a podcast, and now I just take the message of balance uh, to wherever you get your podcast. And I've had a lot of, like, strong women who have overcome. Um, I had Katie Couric uh, recently talking about her eating disorder struggles. And I just want to spread this message, whether it be on the blog or in the podcast, that you're not too old. It's not too late. Like, you can change your life at any point, and here's how I did it. Here's how my guests did it just be an inspiration for the women that are still struggling like I did for so long. I'm glad you mentioned Valentine's Day. The other day I had one of those um, memory things pop up on, on Facebook, mm -hmm. and it reminded me of a post that I had put up a few years ago, and it was a meme that said, uh, 
Because we both hate all that Valentine's Day crap, here's some bacon. <laughs> <laughs> like it. <laughs> yes. Anyway. I, just, I was like, I know all these things about these people's lives. Like, this isn't real. You know, like, just be free. It's, life is hard. That's what my blog is, too. I'm like, I, it is hard to be a mom. It's very hard to be a mom of toddlers in a pandemic. When schools are closed, like, it, I want to just share, it just, it's relatable. Like, I'll say what other women maybe are struggling with and not saying out loud so that they won't feel alone. I feel like that is my purpose in life, to make other women um, feel inspired and that they're not alone. Well, I, my guest is Erin uh, Washington. She is the um, fitness blogger and uh, of, um, well, in her blog, Squats and Margaritas, um, is uh, also the name of a, of a book that she's written called Squats and Margaritas. And Erin, I can't believe how fast the time has gone. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. Um, but I always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about you and your work, past, present, and future. Uh, do you have a website you'd like to share? I do. I appreciate that. Uh, squatsandmargaritas.com is my website. Um, I have like merchandise. I have blog posts. Um, I'm most active on Instagram, um, Squats and Margaritas on Instagram. And the Squats and Margaritas podcast is wherever you get your podcasts. And Squats and Margaritas, A Journey to Finding Balance is on Amazon. And, and what's, what's next for you, Erin? Um, now that you've, <laughs> now that you've done this book, I mean, has it, has it occurred to you to maybe, uh, continue writing? I would definitely continue writing. I'm not sure about, a, I, I probably would do another book. Um, at this point I'm just focused on the podcast and, you know, finding these guests that I've been working on for months, trying to book, uh, to have conversations with. I love like what we're doing right now. I love these authentic conversations and right now the podcast and eventually I would just love to have a show in whatever form it presents itself. I love talking to people. Yeah, I do too. And it's been a real pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for spending some time and, and your experiences with me and the listeners and, uh, and in your book and on your podcast. Thank you so much, Tom. It was such a pleasure talking to you too. All right, take care. You too. Again, Aaron Washington is um, a fitness blogger uh, living in uh, Northern Virginia with her husband and two children. Her blog, Squats and Margaritas, is also the title of a new, uh, well, a fairly recent book called Squats and Margaritas that encourages women to live life with balance and uh, uncover their best self. And we've got lots coming up on uh, the Tom Sumner program today. As I mentioned, next hour, I'm going to be joined by uh, the roundtable regulars from Armchair Politics, uh, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, to pay tribute to um, Woodrow Stanley, who died Wednesday this week. Um, his funeral is, uh, I believe, next Tuesday or Wednesday, we'll, we'll have all the particulars and, and talk about that coming up in the, the next hour of the show. Um, later in today's show, uh, during the third half of our three-hour tour, we're going to uh, talk about a new uh, entertainment um, and art 
Park in Los Angeles that may be coming to a town near you. It's called Wisdom, L.A., and it's made up of uh, five geodesic domes, a very different way to experience art and music. And uh, we'll be talking about that a little later in the show. But for now, we're going to let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. They are uh, WFOVLP 92.1 FM Flint. And we'll let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go Hi, to break. Hi, this is Joe Bye from the Blue Lions, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans, and soon they will be available to everyone. This vaccine means hope. It will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. I want to go back to work and I want to be able to move around. To visit with Michelle's mom, the hugger and see her on her birthday. You know what I'm really looking forward to is going to opening day in Texas Rangers Stadium with a full stadium. We've lost enough people and we've suffered enough damage. In order to get rid of this pandemic, it's important for our fellow citizens to get vaccinated. I'm getting vaccinated because we want this pandemic to end as soon as possible. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. So roll up your sleeve and do your part. This is our shot. Now it's up to you. Yo, speaking. Oh, dear. Honey, our car warranty is expiring again. So soon? It just expired last week. You don't even own a car. Not now, Dana. Your father's on the phone. Hey. Mom and Dad, you're being scammed. It's a robocall. Scammers are using new technology and clever tactics to make more and more calls that look legitimate but are hard to trace. They can make it look like they're calling from any number, even from numbers of people you know. My robocall crackdown team is working with state and federal partners to stop the robocalls for good, but I need your guys' help. Don't trust your caller ID. Verify you're really talking to the person whose number appears when your phone rings. If you accidentally answer a robocall, hang up right away. Engaging in conversation will only lead to more calls. Use a call blocking app on your cell phone that stops robocalls before they interrupt your day. And if you do get a robocall, file a complaint with my office online at mi.gov slash robocalls. And mom, dad, please do not give your information out to these scammers over the phone. They're just trying to trick you. Well, at least they call. No, I get it, you're busy. But you know, Janine's daughter is a doctor. She calls every week. A doctor. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. It's 2022, and this year the Tom Sumner Program begins its 14th year. It would not be here without support through the years from individuals and organizations like these. Seth David Radwell. East Village Magazine. Flint Institute of Music. Hello, I'm Maestro Ricky DeMeg. Flint Community Schools. MTA Flint. Flint Comics and Entertainment. Hamity Complete Food Center. The Flint River Watershed Coalition. W.H. Weiscarver. The Genesee County Road Commission. Lone Museum Auto Fair. Thomas Appliance. The Genesee Health Plan. Quick Technology. 
Mott Community College. It's pure Michigan. Friends on Facebook have also helped by contributing to the show's online fundraisers two or three times a year. If you would like to help the Tom Sumner program continue to thrive by becoming a sponsor, send an email of interest to tom at tomsumnerprogram.com. Add your name to the list of supporters, past, present, and future. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology. Engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. Hey, this is First Ward City Councilman Eric Mays, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. I would like to explain how it came to pass that I got fat. Ladies and gentlemen, I got fat as a public service. When I was a child, my mother said to me, clean the plate because children are starving in Europe. And I might point out that that was years before the Marshall Plan was ever heard of. So I would clean the plate four, five, six times a day because somehow I felt that that would keep the children from starving in Europe. But I was wrong. They kept starving and I got fat. So I would like to say to every one of you who is either skinny or in some other way normal, when you walk out on the street and you see a fat person, do not scoff at that fat person. Oh no, take off your hat, hold it over your heart, lift your chin up high, and in a proud, happy voice, say to him, hail to thee, fat person. You kept us out of war. her wheelbarrow through streets that are narrow her barrow is narrow her hips are too wide so wherever she wheels it the neighborhood feels it her girdle keeps scraping the homes on each side in Dublin's fair city where girls are so pretty My Molly stands out Cause she weighs 18 stone That's 256 pounds I don't mind her fat But It's not only that But She's cockeyed and muscle-bound Molly I know a man, his name is Lang, and he has a neon sign. 
And Mr. Lang is very old, so they call it Old Lang Syne. Oh, what have you done, Billy Sal, Billy Sal? Oh, what have you done, Charming Billy? You took almost every cent from the U.S. government, which you spent on fertilizer, which is silly. All day, all night, Cary Grant. That's all I hear from my wife is Cary Grant. What can he do that I can't? Big deal, big star, Cary Grant. Oh, the moon is bright tonight upon the car wash. So I'm having my Volkswagen washed again. But the way things go with me, the way my luck runs, just as soon as they're finished, it will rain. <laughs> On top of old Smokey, all covered with hair. Of course, I'm referring to Smokey the Bear. Here's a famous old folk song that you all know entitled Aura Lee. Every time you take vaccine, take it orally. As you know, the other way is more painfully. My grandfather's clock was the best ever made by the Timex company. Just like the clock John Cameron Swayze displayed last night on the old TV. Oh, it works underwater so perfectly, and it still makes a ticking sound, which my grandfather tried only this afternoon, and that's how the old man drowned. Do not make a stingy sandwich, pile the cold cuts high. Customers should see salami coming through the ride. Oh, I diet all day and I diet all night. It's enough to drive me bats. Got no gravy or potatoes, cause the whole refrigerator's full of polyunsaturated fats. Fairly well, Metrical, and the others of that ilk. Let the diet start tomorrow, cause today I'll drown my sorrow in a double malted milk. Oh, when you go to the delicatessen store, don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. I repeat what I just said before. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Oh, buy the corned beef if you must. The pickled herring you can trust. And the locks puts you in orbit. A-OK. -okay. But that big hunk of liverwurst has been there since October 1st. And today is the 23rd of May. 
So when you go to the delicatessen store, don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. It'll make your insides awful sore. Don't buy the liverwurst. Don't buy the liverwurst. Just like me Must have some place Where folks don't count Every calorie Somewhere Over the rainbow Way up tall a land where they've never heard of cholesterol where folks can eat just what they want and still be slim and trim and gaunt you'll find me where every little thing I taste won't wind up showing on my waist or worse Behind me Somewhere Overindulging Is divine If their waistlines aren't bulging Why then Oh, why does Mine. If bluebirds weighed as much as I, you'd see some big fat bluebirds in the sky. <laughs> This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. Maybe
trying to do a radio show down here. It's a Tom Sumner program, don't you know? Go on. Go on, get out of here.